May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This week, I lent my Virgin of Guadalupe chasuble, which I haven't used here yet, but I lent that chasuble to my colleague in Baton Rouge, who is having a service tonight in honor of the Virgin of Guadalupe, Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe. December 12th is her feast day. Most of you know of churches with her images, of hats and t-shirts and um, all kinds of artwork that has been done in her honor. She is the patron saint of Mexico. So it just so happened that um, my, my colleague knew I had that and he's starting this Latino ministry and two of his parishioners were in Houston and he called them and he asked them if they would pick it up from Trinity. They weren't sure what a chasuble was, but they're like, sure, I'll, I'll go pick, we'll go pick up a chasuble. So they, they said yes to transporting it. Um, a little nervous about how much space it would take up or how heavy it would be. And they were relieved when it was one of the priest ponchos, as some people call it, um, and not something too big or heavy. Uh, ministry's a funny thing. You never know what connections you will make or what's going to come up from day to day. I was gifted that, um, uh, that chasuble, and um, it, it's very beautiful, and they got to use it before I did, but it's a joy to share. I've always admired Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I've always been fascinated with the multiple apparitions of Mary, the mother of God, to people around the world in a way that allows people around the world to see themselves in her and therefore in God, no matter what the predominant images are. I love the artwork that shows Mary as um, maybe modern day with her R around her, but running a race or maybe doing some work um, at a computer or just envisioning her for the modern day. And I also love the artwork and the representations of these visions that people have had of her um, that show Mary as indigenous to the culture where she is known and sometimes seen. I was very young when I was uh, introduced to the first two examples of these appearances. And, and I, 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 really, I appreciated them. And the first was Mary in Costa Rica, who is black. And then the second was Mary in Mexico, La Virgen de Guadalupe, who is brown. And it seems like such a tenderness to understand how representation matters, how being able to recognize yourself somehow in the images of the divine that are taken seriously around the world would give one a sense of worth, a sense of identity, a sense of belonging, and a sense of love. Essentially, Jesus Christ 
became human to remind humanity of our worth, to see Christ in all of humanity, not just some, to remind humanity that we belong to God and that we are so very much loved. Mary, Theotokos, God-bearer, brought him into this world and taught him so much. She taught Jesus well. Remember the Magnificat, her song, her sermon, her affirmation of faith. We heard it so beautifully sung today. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. He has shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts and has exalted the humble and meek. He has filled the hungry with good things. Mary taught her son so well that he identifies himself to John the baptizer in our gospel today by some of the signs and acts that happens as he ministers. He says, go tell John that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed are those who take no offense at me. Which to me sounds a lot like Mary's song. Sounds a lot like he has exalted the humble and meek. He has filled the hungry with good things. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. Jesus responds like this to John the baptizer while he is in prison. John sends this message, and we don't usually think of John the baptizer as an indecisive person. Last week we heard of him calling for repentance and being very direct and very sure and, and, and very scary in his preaching. But in the gospel today, he is about to give up his life, and he needs a little reassurance. People groan sometimes when I say this, but John is literally about to be served his head on a platter. And a little reassurance is just not too much to ask, even from the strongest of the faithful or the most charismatic of preachers or the most loyal of servants. Behind his question, are you the one? Are you the one? Is the, are these questions, I read these questions as well. Is my courage in vain, Jesus? Is my trust misplaced, Jesus? Is my fidelity 
worth it, Jesus? Will my sacrifice be worth it? These are questions many of, many of us may ask ourselves in less dramatic circumstances or in just as dramatic circumstances of loss and fear. And I think showing John needing this reassurance reminds us that reassurance is not weakness, though asking for reassurance for some can feel very vulnerable. John was in a very vulnerable situation, asking some very important questions. Jesus reassured him with concrete examples of healing, new life, justice, and hope. These are the things he spoke of when John asked him if he was the one and these are the things we can look for when we ask the same thing in our journey of faith or when we ask in our lives, is my courage in vain? Is my trust misplaced? Will my sacrifice be worth it? Jesus reassured John and gave him the recognition, the praise John so beautifully deserved. Jesus saw John and honored him and eventually shared his fate of being put to death by those in power who feared truth, transparency, and even tenderness. Mary, the mother of God, John the baptizer, Jesus the Christ, and La Virgen de Guadalupe, have a message today that transcends time. I don't know if you know the whole story of Our Lady of Guadalupe, but she asked humble John Juan Diego to send her message to the bishop. Go speak on my behalf to the bishop, and she spoke in Nahuatl, the native language of an Aztec convert, a man who thought himself too humble for the mission she had given him. Send someone more important, he asked her after the bishop sent him away the first time because the bishop did not believe that Mary would speak to one so lowly. Send someone else, someone the bishop will listen to, he says to Mary. But Mary Guadalupe would have none of that. Go back, she said, take these roses, and he did. It took a miracle for the bishop to believe him, but he eventually did. So the Advent message we are to recognize as we steadily make our way towards Christmas is this. God became flesh and dwelt amongst us for healing, new life, for justice and hope, a glorious recipe of salvation. And he came for all, he came for all, and particularly, he loved those on the margins, those being beat up by people with power, those being mocked and scorned, 
the good news that he dwelt amongst us, giving us a glorious recipe of salvation, of healing, new life, justice, and hope. That good news echoes throughout generations, sometimes faintly, and so we need reassurance, sometimes miraculously if we are paying attention, but always, always steadily, bringing that good news, please, even in the hardest of times. Amen.